calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey everyone, welcome to Super Quest Saga, the show where we hear the dungeon guests get online and play some Dungeons and Dragons, except for not today. We're here to talk about how we play some Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. My name is Will Stark, and I'm usually the talkative DM, but today I'm just one of the four hosts, and I'm joined as always by Josh Freeland, who usually plays Sebastian Crenshaw. I'm your special guest, Jake, who usually plays Persephone Gold Petal. I'm Brian, and today I'm playing Brian. <laughs> I have 10 HP, maybe. No, I'm a villager, huh? I have 1 HP. I probably I think, have at least I think two each HP. of us has, has at least 4 or 5 HP. I'm kind of curious what our, our real stats would be. we got to figure out our real stats in real life. I, I know, right? Welcome to Super Talk Saga, where we stat ourselves yeah. and play a new campaign. We should have the fan status. Ooh, the campaign of that'd life. Be fun. Sometimes I wake up because I slept wrong and my shoulder is fucking disaligned. <laughs> that happens yeah, to me every morning. <laughs> so, guys, we just finished a story arc. Yeah. And yes. we decided we're going to start doing these Super Talk Sagas after each story arc to kind of reflect on all the bullshit that's gone down and uh, talk about our characters and, and the story and all that. And also, fans have submitted some questions, which we will be answering today. Yeah, they also give me time to work on the interlude. That, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It gave me time to breathe between writing, so exactly. it works for me. Um, before we get into it, we're going to go over this by like episode by episode, starting with Interlude 5, The Crawling Chaos. But before we get into it, um, you guys, if you guys have any type of comment or something you want to jump in at any point, feel free to. And before we get started, if you guys want have anything that you want to talk about right now, feel free to jump in. Thanks, audience. <laughs> I fucking love you guys. Yes, thank you for the support. Here, here. And yeah, the dope indeed. questions in the Discord. Yeah, I'm excited yeah. to get to the questions the, for sure. The community has been great on this show. And <laughs> Amazing. Like the people that listen yeah. to it are very dedicated, and it shows. And yes, very it's much. Ni- it's nice to see. We work harder on this show than all our other shows, oh, probably. Yeah. So, yeah, um, it, it really, <laughs> it really is a big, um, big ups to you guys for making it more than worth it to do. So. I just oh, want yeah. to say that up front. Tell no, I think, that, yeah. Tell them I love them. That's the right place to do it. And <laughs> wow. I also love you guys as well and can't thank you enough. And yes. like Brian says, it really shows the dedication the audience has to this. And it, it warms my heart because, again, we work harder on this than we do on the Dungeon Cast. Blow them so. a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, what about you two? You guys uh, got anything? I, I feel the same way. I mean, it's like yeah. I... I you, you my all my all of you are my homies, you know. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get online and play some D and D, and it's like, oh, mm-hmm. we're gonna record it, put it out there, and you guys put some mad editing skills to it, put up a great campaign, and it's like, we got a fan group going, man. It's like, it's crazy. Yeah, seconded, thirded, forded, whichever. <laughs> Love you guys. 
All right, let's get to it. Let's All right, get let's it. get into it. So this story arc started with the interlude five, The Crawling Chaos, in which you guys set off for the world of Shardlar um, it, with the intent of finally finding <laughs> Zahn. Uh, along the way, uh, Sebastian revealed to um, <laughs> Cappy Davy that he done Oof. betrayed the Legion. Mm. Um, yeah. Echo shared his backstory, which was a big moment for him. He doesn't usually do that. And... Uh, you guys started to see the effects the war was having. And also, I believe Percy was given a further vision on his original or her original vision of the whole galactic war and what's going on and the darkness descending upon with a vision of the city of Los Kadath. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was an intense it was an intense interlude. Wild times. Yeah. We did a lot of yeah. stuff in that interlude. We got a really yeah. good song in that interlude, the Echo song. Yeah. I'm not sure what that song's called, but it's awesome. It's just called Echo's Theme. Oh, yeah. So um, uh, if you're hearing this and you're a patron, um, like if you're on the Dungeon Cast Patreon, you can go check out all the OST, including that. Um, I just did a big update the other day uh, since we concluded an arc. So you can go check that out at um, patreon.com. It's up there in the $10 tier if you guys want to hear any of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we worked really hard on that, um, as a group, I think, um, doing all those scenes and then putting the music to them and making that episode be what it was, which was, I think our strongest interlude episode Mm -hmm. to date. Yeah, Um, I think so. Uh, Carter showed back up at the end of it. He did. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so (laughs) there has been some talk about referencing, um, Nierlethotep directly as Nierlethotep and not the crawling chaos. Right. And I guess I, speaking of that particular <laughs> Carter Huttenberg thing, he says Nierlethotep, and then we decided to make that nasty bit canon, <laughs> as if like the the team had heard it. So I guess they've heard the name Nierlethotep okay. from Carter, okay, and okay. not from um, Doctor Zahn's recordings, which we'll talk about later on in this episode. We will. I'm pretty sure he always refers to him as the Crawling Chaos, right? Yeah. So, so we were good on not knowing Nierlethotep's name until Carter said it. Okay, mm. which was when? Was that the end of this episode we're talking about? Interlude five. He says it in his dialogue. Um, uh, like I so, wrote it in there as a quote. Okay, like uh, quoting Lovecraft. that works. So that's so that's how they know the name now. Yeah. So I guess we should act. <laughs> we can act on that. <laughs> yes, it's good. To, it's hard to keep track of everything in the show, guys. Yeah. Like, There's a lot of data. It's so much. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you guys want to talk about or if you guys remember where your characters were at during this episode and the thoughts you had about them and the thoughts your characters were having at this point in time headed to Shardlar. You just kind of got out of hell. Fought some freelancers and uh, got the gang back together and all that. Literal space hell. Freeland, you go first. <laughs> I, I mean, with Sebastian, you know, he's he's excited about his new powers and his new strengths. But then when he has to explain everything to Davrakt, it's like, oh, wait a minute. It's like, it's like oh, damn. I got to explain this to the Iron Legion. Like, um, how am I going to? Because he had this thought like, oh, I could still be a part of the Iron Legion. I can, you know, just... Serve them still. I'm just, I'll make it work. No problem. You know, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait a minute. There's going to be some conflict here. So Sebastian's in his bed, like, <laughs> like fiddling with his hair. He's like, I could have two girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's where Sebastian's at. I think after the conversation, is like, uh oh. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, big oh, mistake shit. made. But yeah. I liked it. It was made in character yeah. and it led to the finale of this arc, um, which we'll get to later. Yeah. What about you, uh, Jake? Where was Percy at during all this? Uh, I think she was feeling real down with seeing the effects of the war uh, on mm. the galaxy because all she saw was just 
star systems getting blinked out of existence. Mm. So I think she was uh, rightfully worried and uh, feeling the urgency there. And then I'm pretty sure I also scried on Carter and Mm. saw the silhouette and everything. So she was like, oh, shit, like this isn't a good thing. Uh, I think that's like when the uh, the extensive or the extent of Carter's like madness kind of like hit her. Cause she was like, Oh shit. Like this is all, this is all bad. Like we didn't know the, like the half, like the, the inch of it because he just kept so much to himself. It was like a tip of the iceberg situation. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really fun thing about Carter was like revealing so much to the audience and having in game, like nothing, none of that leaking out. (laughs) Right. It was was good. Really cool. Mm -hmm. And like Jake and Freeland got to know about it. And obviously me and you will would talk about it a lot. Oh yeah. And just to have like these, like you guys, your your characters are the only ones out of everybody involved in the operation that have no fucking clue. Uh, uh, I yeah. thought that was a really cool thing to be a part of, and mm-hmm. to like kind of like you guys did an amazing job of role playing, like staying having to know the shit is going on right underneath <laughs> your characters' noses, and then just staying on top of it the whole time. It was kudos. Yeah. Absolutely, it and it was, it was a cool, it was a cool storytelling thing that we did, where it was like the audience was in on the secret, yeah, but uh, but the characters weren't, right? Cool. <laughs> I, I drew a lot of that from um, the Carter memoirs from uh, Hello from the Magic Tavern, mm. the radio guy at the beginning that like oh, yeah. they may or may not know is actually there, and right. they've like fit, they flirted with that a whole bunch, right? That that I always thought that guy was really funny and cynical, yes. And so I wanted to bring that energy. Yeah, yeah I think same he did. little like radio snippet. Up I like that guy too. He's he's hilarious. It's fucking great. I remember when it, when it was coming up to writing this episode, the biggest thing I wanted to to bring forth was the effects of the war because up to this point, like the war's just been this backdrop of like this theoretical thing that you guys may or may not have caused, um, <laughs> even though it's really not your guys' fault. Um, and I wanted to make that real. So we in my yeah. head, I was like, this is where the effects need to be start being made. And this is where. I got with Brian and we talked about doing like different radio signals and news broadcasts and stuff like that. And yeah. uh, he did an excellent job. And yeah, I'm very proud of what was done with this interlude. And most of that is owed to Brian because he's oh, up yeah, here yeah. late at night getting it done. Yeah. If I had to <laughs> like interview for a post-production job somewhere, mm-hmm. I would show them that episode right I, now. Yeah. It's like probably my best works to date. But like, yeah. hopefully it's just the beginning, you know. Right. Yeah, like, I know that I'm capable of more and oh, better. Yeah. So I'm like learning how to do that stuff as I do it. Yeah. Um, so it takes me a long time <laughs> until I get the hang of it. And then I always try to push myself to learn something new. So I kind of feel behind a lot because of that. But also like I've seen the growth over time and know yeah. that it's going to get easier and easier. Right. So any anyone want to add anything to Interlude 5, The Crawling Cast, before we move on? Let's go. Okay, next episode was the Frozen Lake. Now, this is when you guys arrived on Shardlar. Uh, mm-hmm. You guys found the Broken Net Weather Station and the hidden elevator beneath. But the biggest thing that happened this episode was a giant, vague walrus <laughs> emerged from the lake and attacked y'all. Mm-hmm. And it was a big fight, and Sebastian melted its face. It and the song is really good, and I called it Vague Walrus. Yeah. So you can go find that on Patreon. <laughs> I can listen to that one. Yeah. So I'll, I just want to start with this one. Um, the main thing, uh, the main goal I had with this episode was to test your guys' metal. I was like, okay, they're higher level now. They've been they've been trouncing most things I throw at them. Let me reskin an adult dragon and just throw it at them and see what happens. And you guys, I expected it to get beaten. You guys beat it even more handily than I expected. Um, 
Mostly because Sebastian's an overpowered piece of shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <can> it. <laughs> but um, but yeah, that's that's all I got about this episode. I enjoyed it. It was fun. Um, also, um, fun fact: I I base the reskin of the adult white dragon on a Final Fantasy VIII enemy called the Snow Lion, which is an absolute mm. horrifying monster and one of my favorite ones to fight in that game. And uh, yeah, I don't know. You guys have any comments on this episode? I mean, I use the med- <laughs> oh, go sorry. Go ahead, Freeland. I was saying it was just fun. I mean, I got to test out all the all the new uh, toys that Sebastian mm-hmm. has, man. All the new oh, powers, yeah. and I, I thought it was just very fitting that the first soul he sends to hell is this big old fucking freaking big wall. <laughs> yeah, no, you made a great surprise. Debut. Like, like, you go? Like, Amazon's like, like, I chose well. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? But also nice. <laughs> That's a fat soul. <laughs> This man's sending me chubbies. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Uh, what about by, you, Jake? By the way, um, sorry, Jake, I'll let you go in one second. This is actually in relation to you. Um, we never really talked about you being able to wild shape into this thing because it's too high of a CR. Oh, yeah. But I I usually figure, like, you can probably transform into, like, a CR-appropriate version of the thing. Mm-hmm. So okay. yeah. if you ever want to revisit that, let, we'll we'll make a stat block for it. Oh sure, that'd Ooh. be cool to have be my uh, my CR four like wild shape thing, so I don't yeah. have to elemental every time. Like that would be cool. Like to have, yeah, like, a yeah. Formidable... I'm down. I'm down to do that. And I meant to to say something. It's just I got lost in all the craziness that it's happened true. after this episode. It's fair. It's fair. No, that would be dope. Okay, that would be super dope. And I w- my only feelings about it was that I was real mad at myself. Uh, for calling that we were going to get attacked by something out of the stupid lake because I said it and then like five seconds later we went to the lake and then we got attacked by something crazy yeah. coming out of the water. I was like, son of a bitch. I love that shit because uh, we were like, let's scan the lake for life and then Watt's like, yeah, it's there's like, life in there. Hell alive. <laughs> like, okay. and, and like, Watt is like, Will is inside of Watt like sweating. Yeah, yeah I, was, like, I was like, <laughs> are they going to pursue this more? And then you didn't. I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah, Watt's like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, shit down there, I guess. So, are, I'm about to move on. Any, anyone have anything else to add on that episode? I did a mending cantrip for the first time, and it you was did? good. What did you mend? Oh, you mended, mended the stuffy. Stuffy yeah. and a gas can. And it takes a minute, and fuck that spell. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, moving on, we get to the episode Under the Ice. This is where you guys uh, discover a bunch of pods that lead to a secret sea lab. Um, Zahn's recordings start to play and his automatic doors start to open and you guys fight some security bots. I believe Jake made a good prediction on this one uh, saying that Zahn is probably dead and these are recordings. Yeah, he like called it at the beginning and I was yeah. like, you don't fucking know. It's because yeah. of all this Bioshock. I knew it. And I apparently it was based I on Bioshock. I've never played that game. But this is literally Bioshock, Will. I did. Whoops. <laughs> accidentally a Bioshock. Mm-hmm. If you leave Will with a, a DM screen in a room long enough, he'll write Bioshock. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, it like, um, also, there was a Heroes Feast in this episode, which was another interesting thing. That there was. was. That was kind of cool. Yeah. yeah it was um, indeed. We probably should have had another one. Uh, in recent uh, times, that's yes. spoilers, though. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Nothing beyond Dominion's Law, please, yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, any comments on this episode? Heroes Feast is good. We should do it more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know, yeah, Biri. No, I told you, I made that's, mistakes. That's a big D and D thing: is heroes feasting and fireballing. We do uh-huh. both of those now. Yeah, that's it's true. true. Yeah, yeah. This guy smites like he fucking. We got it. Has like a, a fucking bone to pick with god <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah it's 
like it feels your, real, your man. Typical D and D experience. Yeah. It feels. I only took seven yeah. arcs before it felt like D and D again. Yeah, we're in space, but like it, when we're doing all the D and D shit. Oh yeah, we're doing all the staples. It's fun. Um, we got under there. Was that when we were doing the computer stuff? You did some computer stuff. I think uh, that was when you guys got the hint that Carter was probably here ahead of you guys because yeah. you were looking at the pods. Yeah, and well, some of them even used. Yeah, somebody. I knew he was there, so I don't know what that experience was like for you guys. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know he was there. I thought I, somebody I was there. I didn't yeah. think it yeah. was Carter though. I, I think we did good at not making it obvious it was yeah, Carter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It could have been anybody. It could have been a freelancer. Yeah. One other thing is Watt got like mad paralyzed in this episode by the security oh, bot. Paralyzed. Oh yeah. Oh, paralyzed. <laughs> Another paralyzer. <laughs> uh, All right, moving on. I love old jokes. Yeah, I don't know Next what the count episode. is for Kung Pao, but there's been a lot. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> reference Kung Pao Enter the Fist. It's a it's like a terrible, terrible movie. Oh, I've never seen it and I never get your eyes of references. <laughs> it's a cult classic. I don't want to watch it again. Very, it's been a while. I like Kung Fu Hustle, which I know is not necessarily related, but no, it's not. That's a good one too, though. But yeah, yeah it is. No, this it. is the guy that wrote um, Ace Ventura. Oh, okay. and he just like is doing his own thing that he'd always want to do, which <laughs> yeah. is like spoof a, a like an old, an old an old martial kind of, arts movie, yeah. Yeah. old martial arts movies or whatever it is. Probably not a very like sensitive movie. <laughs> I'm sure it isn't. <laughs> I don't believe so. No. no. Yeah, <laughs> culturally speaking, right. Uh, but it, it is me and Jake find that shit hilarious because <laughs> we saw it in we saw it in a fucking like. 10 theater mm-hmm. get up when we were like 12 or 11 <laughs> like walked from school the formative years to the movies <laughs> yeah. to watch this and did not know what was about to happen to our brains it changes forever <laughs> as people that's true it's extremely true all right guys so the next episode was archimedes madness um you guys descended further into lab and you you descended further into archimedes madness as you guys heard Recording after recording um, with just massive, massive lore drops throughout the whole yeah. thing. This entire arc was, for me, about like finally putting all the mystery to to bed for the most part. All the big stuff. And like get you, the, this whole story, I feel like you guys have been like um, barely seeing one foot in front of the other as you guys are moving forward. Like, And this was trying to just cement everything. Like, this is what's happening. And even if it's too big and vague for your characters to understand it's like you guys should be able to understand enough what's at stake and um and then at the very end we got a return of the old friend oh yeah prim's childhood too there's prim's mm-hmm. childhood home stuff mm-hmm. yeah i tried to cast mending on that it fucking didn't work <laughs> <laughs> spells trash so what any comments or questions or, or or anything about this episode archimedes madness i mean it was dope it was dope to get all that juicy lore because yeah. I sure wasn't picking up on, or I was picking up on a lot, but this was it was nice to get like a good amount of the story uh, laid out for yeah. us. I agree. Yeah. Will's got an arm <laughs> cannon too. It, instead of blasting force damage lasers, it just blasts <laughs> fucking more. Great. I just love the um, visuals in it too. I mean, like yeah. I love the scene where like we had the the writing on the wall and blood and stuff, mm-hmm. and just like it just I, I had so many good visuals from. From this episode, I thought it was pretty cool. And I always, I've been wanting to ask you. So, in Primitive's old room, where the stuffed mm-hmm. animal used to go, was there anything hidden in that room? I was convinced that it's like an old school video game where you oh, put yeah. back the old stuffed animal or something, and something happens. Though. You know, okay. I was like, I was yeah. like, there, 
There was nothing like that you guys could have or use. I mean, I guess you could have taken the stuffed animals. It was just an Easter egg. So okay. each of the stuffed animals that Prim had were based off of a different um, big old D&D monster. So the one that you guys found up above, uh, its name was Tartar. It was based off the Tarasque. Ah. And oh. then each of the other four were based off one of the four el- Elder Elementals. So we had Tempe, which was based off the Elder Tempest. Okay. We had Zanzan, which was based off the Zaratan. Um I don't remember the names of the other two, but we had the Phoenix and... Oh, Levy was the Leviathan. Oh, right on. Oh, so, yeah. If you drop that in the Discord after we recorded oh, yeah? that episode, okay. too. So, that is public knowledge, but let it be said here. <laughs> it might have just been a wiki. It might have been a wiki, wiki thing drop, that I yeah. revealed, but yeah. So, that it was just an Easter egg that right I thought on. would be kind of fun. Yeah, those, when there's two empty rooms um, with nothing going on in them, it's like, well, is there something here we missed, or is there a boss in the next room? And it turns <laughs> yeah. out mm-hmm. there's a boss in the There's room. a boss in the next room. Speaking <laughs> so of which, what was that reveal like for you guys? Obviously, Brian, you knew Carter was there because I had to prep you ahead of time. And I was like, fuck. Like, every episode, was, <laughs> like we do something like this. I'm grabbing the table towards the end. I'm like, yeah. we've been recording for 40 minutes. <laughs> is it now? <laughs> fuck. What's going to happen? But got to stay cool. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty wild, I will say, because, like I said, I was not expecting it to be Carter. I was hoping it would be Carter, because I was yeah. like, oh, it would be nice to throw down with this man beat now that, that we're ass. stronger and just beat that <laughs> ass out of revenge. But, uh, yeah, I was not expect. I don't know why. I wasn't expecting him. I was expecting some yeah. sort of, like, other unworldly, like, horror, <laughs> like, other, like, mm-hmm. Lovecraftian shit to, to hit. That's more why I did the Heroes Feast, was because I was expecting us to fight like a bunch of like great old ones or something in that room. So I was like, okay, let me get ready for like the fear maybe or ready for like wisdom yeah. saves. But I was not expecting him. Neither was I. I was expecting the kind of like what Jake was saying and maybe even like a corrupted Zahn. Like he mm. was actually still alive or something. He's just fully yeah. corrupted and just ready just to rain tear on us. So <laughs> that's what I expected. So, so when a uh, Carter popped up, you know, I was like, oh, hell yeah. I wasn't expecting it, but I was stoked. I was like, oh, let's get it on. You know, it's like I was looking forward to it. I knew it was going to be a, a crazy fight. So I was like, OK, right. but now it's time to, to, to lay down the law. And it's like, OK, here we go. Now, I had actually for a very long time um, highly considered it being a kind of mad uh, ha- machine corrupted Zon that you mm. guys were going to have to fight. Um and at this point, I don't remember why I changed my mind. I think it was just because, like, I realized that like, so many of the villains in this story have not really been reoccurring. Like, when's the last time we saw Denethar, son of Anador, right? I know. Or and, any elf, for that matter. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I need some more recurring stuff. And Carter is that guy. Yeah, he is. Yeah. It, as far as, I think, the party's concerned... Um, Carter's the face of the enemy at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that and just corruption that you guys have seen yeah. and and stuff. But, um, and uh, and he's such a good character, so it was nice to have him back. Yeah. Speaking of which, let's <laughs> yeah. get to that episode, mm-hmm. uh, the return. It was yeah. a big battle with a Deathlock and his friends, mm-hmm. um, a soul that could not be claimed despite Oof. Sebastian's attempt. Oof. And then after the battle was said and done, Zahn's last gift was revealed. It was a giant dragon ship. Yeah. So, uh, Brian, what was it like DMing that fight? I know, right? Um, (laughs) It was it was cool. Um, I like learned a few things like right before the fight or on the fly, like rereading everything. By the way, I just rolled a d10. Mm -hmm. Um, It took nine days for Carter uh, to respawn. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's cool to know. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, that was cool. I mean, like I I did some tweaking mid fight, 
um, to Carter mm-hmm. uh, to kind of bring him up to the level I thought he should be. Mm-hmm. So buff HP, um, add a few spell slots here and there. I felt like he should have a little more ammo, especially with the way Bass was just tanking everything. Yeah. I think I remember texting me like, look, like here's a stat block, buff it, because these fools don't fuck around. <laughs> yeah, and here's a backup guy. But I like the design of the fight. I, I think it might have felt scary from the player perspective. Yeah, And I was like, hey, this is pretty much a toss-up. Uh, right. From my right. perspective, yeah. I was like, this could go bad, uh, but I could fully see this fight being overturned and overtaken very quickly if things that should happen go wrong. And they did. Um, like, yeah. I think I tried to make Bass make like four wisdom saves in a row or something like that, and it just didn't. <laughs> he was do rolling so yeah. hot. <laughs> Hitting one of those would have changed the, yeah, the yeah. course of oh, the next few turns. 100%. Yeah. So, like, that would have been cool, but it, it felt really reminiscent of the first Carter fight where. I was pitted against you guys and was just like mm. I when things don't roll well there's just not enough here to to make it and if there like if there was enough there to overturn it while things are rolling well then it would have been, been too, much. too overwhelming I mean, like if I was rolling well so and that's the struggle I, I I deal with is like how do I make something challenging enough but at the same time not fuck you guys it's a little tricky with three people out there instead of so with vicky out there i felt like okay i can i can go bars to none Mm -hmm. and carter's idea that game was like let's pick off a weakling and that'll fucking rile him up Mm -hmm. and so i was trying to do that but there's desks really strong (laughs) (laughs) the main thing well not the main thing but one of the things is like i really needed that desk to not get destroyed and i didn't really think about it till it was i was in the middle of it yeah but to be fair it was whoppingly huge and made of metal and like it wasn't just like a single desk it was just this giant apparatus with a billion monitors and stuff yeah so. i've um <laughs> i've seen i've seen them in real life like that so i can picture one i wasn't picturing one at the time but i was like it's a fucking yeah i realized like, as you were talking i was like he's probably shit. just picturing like a small wooden desk i'm like no it's not, <laughs> not even it's that not just like some fucking ikea shit some carbon <laughs> no. fiber or something i don't even know i was like i should be able to blow this thing over with a fart <laughs> no no you know that's too funny yeah you know what I was picturing was that um, that thing in The Dark Knight Rises that Batman makes to like to get all the cell, uh, like to get oh, the, yeah. the echolocation yeah. thing. Like yeah. that's what I was picturing. Like not so oh, many yeah. monitors or anything like that, but yeah, but like this big wall apparatus. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. That's and that's what, what, that's what I had pictured picturing. as well. Yeah, I, can't, I, I can't probably should have done that. Called. <laughs> um, but yeah, as as players, like, how was that fight? Like, was it scary? Like Brian, Brian. I uh, thought it might be. It was definitely tough. Like I think, yeah. uh, I think I've told you guys. Like the whole time, I was worried about Carter killing, um, killing Vicky, or mm-hmm. Watt, because mm-hmm. yeah. he was gone for most targets. of that. <laughs> he was gone for most of that fight. So the reason why after we killed the, I think I ran to the door after we killed like the Hulk. Because I thought that Carter had taken that time to leave because we wouldn't have been able to see it because he of all the darkness. Yeah. I thought that Carter had left would, and we were gonna we were gonna finish the fight shit. and then yeah. go back to the like the medical room where they were and just see like Vicky and Watt dead and then Prim gone. Like that's what I was thinking. That's why I ran back. Like I was like, yeah. is she there? Like what is going on? But right. you got but Carter kept on like popping off in the shadows. So yeah, I was like, Carter okay. Carter's uh, motivation for that fight was initially to like like oh, I'll pick off one of the the weak ones early, mm. and then it didn't go well. So then 
Sebastian is there, and mm-hmm. Carter has like a, a rivalry in his head with Sebastian. He's like, <laughs> like, okay, well, he's so fucking strong. Like, I gotta beat his ass and like put him in his place. Right. <laughs> and so it got into like, okay, well, I'm not gonna back down. Carter's not one to back down from mm-hmm. a fight with somebody strong. It's fast. He's so, got pride. It's yeah, he's got pride, and he wanted to take take it out on Sebastian. Like the only person in the party, I think he respects in terms of power. Mm-hmm. Just like mm-hmm. off of the. The things he's seen and all the tank and stuff, like yeah, he he has like a very poor opinion of almost everybody, right? So, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Sebastian, what about you? I mean, yeah, the the fight. I mean, for Sebastian was you know straight blood bloodlust. You know, he's going after Carter a hundred percent. It's mm-hmm. it, I, I think as Josh, I was concerned about all the other characters, <laughs> but as Sebastian, I was like, I know what he's he's in his mind. He's just kill out there to man. kill exactly. <laughs> hey, and his focus is to take his soul and send it to hell so when that was revealed that he couldn't do that 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 hit sebastian hard because how surprising was that to you out of character and then sebastian in character i had a feeling that might happen Mm. just just the way you know things are structured i just sebastian would never even think of that i think as soon as he found out he could send souls to hell the first person he thought of was (laughs) like probably a second probably anador was probably the first one and then carter was the second one it's like okay these are my top two that i'm sending to hell (laughs) and when he can't send carter to hell he's like what the fuck? You know, it's like, yeah, it's that's like, gotta be frustrating. Sebastian's so, personal bingo book. He just like rips a page out of it. Like, <laughs> never mind. Bitch. I guess I'll just fucking so, kill him when I see him. That was a huge let, let down for Sebastian, you know, not be able to send his, uh, Carter's soul to hell, but right. You know, Hey, but now he, he knows that he'll probably see him again. So, you know, hopefully maybe, you know, it's, it's a possibility. We'll so he, uh, he definitely wants to just beat him up as much as possible. Just, just like a punching bag, pretty much. Right. And keep keep going at them. You know, but yeah. For for me, this episode, it's always fun to hand the reins over and just see what happens in in this world. And uh, that was fun watching that play out. Um, the only other like big goal I had for this episode was I needed, and I had done this, I think, the episode before as well. I, I realized a little later than I. I would have wanted to that I really need to start reminding everyone, uh, especially the audience that Victoria is a cleric (laughs) because she doesn't do a lot of the fighting with you guys. So that that's been forgotten for a while. And I wish I had actually remembered that uh, during the way vague walrus fight, I think is when I realized that I needed to start doing that. It was a little late. Yeah. Like we're not asking people to heal us pretty much. yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Some, um, something I almost did at the beginning of this fight too. I was very close to casting the spells animate dead and bring uh, Zahn's corpse to life. And like, oh my god, I came so close just to do it. Just interesting. But I was like, you know what? That's not a Sebastian move. He's just going, you know, balls to the walls, just going after Carter. He's not going to be thinking about that stuff. But I came very close just to see, you know, just throw some extra flavor into the fight. Yeah, I was like, that would have oh, been, been crazy. That would been cool. Would have yeah. been wild. And uh, speaking of Zahn, the last thing that happened during this episode was the big reveal of the new spaceship. Um, what were you, what were you guys expecting if you guys were expecting anything to be found down here? Definitely not a ship. No, <laughs> I, I feel like figured if anything, it'd just be more like maybe another trinket, another sub, you know, a hint mm. towards to go somewhere else, yeah. you know. But wasn't expecting a ship at all. No. Yeah, weren't we being told that like the keys to Kadath were here yeah. or whatever? So like I was expecting or like, something or yeah, yeah, um, the fucking thing from Halo. Uh, what is it called? It's oh. Like a little, um, Hmm. It's like the brain of the halo. Frick. Like it's it's caretaker, no. curator, yeah. or whatever. It's a little. So you guys were thinking like an droid. actual thing that you could use to like open a gate or a or puzzle just, box or right. something. Yeah, like some shit like that. <laughs> some sort yeah. of stargate. So just like, I've 
pretty much since the very beginning had this ship in mind. Um, and as most people in the comments who realized realized was as it is a deep outlaw star cut this whole ship and the way it works and stuff <laughs> this whole campaign is a deep outlaw star cut isn't it <laughs> yeah some a lot of it not not most of it i would say but like the nymphi colossus arc is like big outlaw star right yeah, um, okay. this, this ship and the concept of it is big outlaw star prim as well mm. um and then its design i took kind of from uh final fantasy 8 as well from the airship the ragnarok but um, the idea of the Dragon Forged was something I'd been playing with for a while, and I remember getting mad at myself when this art came up because I, I realized that I was supposed to write a couple scenes that would like give hints to this type of tech existing, and I forgot to. Mm-hmm. But I did do the setup with the Pulsar Dragon stuff, so I had that at least yeah. for me. Um, so moving on, the next episode was Dragonforged, in which Illithids arrived, Victoria departed from the crew, um, you guys explored the ship and really struggled to figure out how to use it, um, some psychic link-up stuff happened, and you guys, by the end, were fully armed and operational. Yeah, um, Bass, um, well, Freeland almost re-rolled a character, or rolled a new character. No, I saved him. (laughs) (laughs) Would have just had to leave him there, you know? Yeah, (laughs) he's gonna finish the rations, which are probably just top ramen. It's gonna. Well, the water would have come pouring in. Yeah, that would have been very interesting if if you hadn't made it back onto the ship. Yeah, Yeah. I I didn't think about that too far too far ahead (laughs) than actually doing the. The stuff like I'm just going to do it, and I'm like, oh crap, if this doesn't work yeah. out. I'm screwed. <laughs> I'm just inside, like fucking pressing buttons. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, no, yeah, that was cool. I think um, it was a nice break between combats because we did right. a big, big episode, like long fight. Then we did kind of like a ship puzzle, which I thought was fun. Yeah, it was a ship yeah. puzzle. Um, and then right after that is the next episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which we'll, we'll get to when we get to. So before anyone else comments, this episode was never supposed to exist in that, like, I just didn't have, like, I planned for yes to get on a ship, figure out, like, some sort of unique way of operating it, and and then going out and fighting. And it was when I was like, okay, well, how how is this ship supposed to operate? Like, I, I I've had this vague idea, but I didn't really hammer out any details till right before we... We, we did this episode, and as I got deeper and deeper into coming up with how it worked, I realized that it was going to be this whole episode. And then I, I decided, oh, I want to turn this episode into um, an episode where we remember exactly why we're a team and a family here. Yeah. And also, really setting you guys up for heartbreak the next episode. <laughs> yeah. Also, here's a bunch of unexpected trauma you're about to share yeah. with all your friends. Yeah. I was like, the implications... Yeah. I wasn't ready. I was so unprepared for... Being psychically linked with everybody. Mm. Mm-hmm. Same. Like, I hadn't thought about, like, you know, revealing Echo's backstory was supposed to be, like, a an arduous, like, okay, here's a little, okay, I'll talk about it again. Right. Here's a little more. And for a while, I, I wanted to string that out. But um, there it is. <laughs> Here it all, there it all is. So, like, it's pretty much I don't have anything left in the tank. Uh, like, in terms of holding back. There's nothing else to hold back. Right. I could see that. Yeah. It's just like, okay, well, here it is. Like, we're all homies now. (laughs) (laughs) And like for Sebastian, like he, he grew up not showing his emotions, told him not to show emotion, you know, and all of a sudden he's thrust into this, this connection with everybody feeling their emotions and their memories and their thoughts. It just like, 
even though he didn't show it as much, it, it, it tore him up inside. Like, cause that's something totally new for him that he never really had to experience or was told that he should experience, you know, growing up as strict as he was, like emotions was hidden all the time. So right. for him to experience that, just like, it was, I, you know, otherworldly type thing for him. So it was, it's pretty crazy. It was pretty cool. I like how it all, you know, worked out and I liked how, uh, Prim had all her her connections and how her thoughts of all the different characters and things she brought up and stuff. I thought it was a really cool touch to have that too. Oh, Thank yeah. you, man. It was gorgeous. I think uh, when I was coming up for how the ship ran, I needed to come up with a way that like only Prim could run this ship and no one else. Yeah. And basically, kind of a Zon was Zon in life was a horrible person. Like we, I think we can all agree. Like he led his life terribly, yeah, cold, calculatingly. Um, and he paid for that in dividends. But I think his last, like, I'm sorry, was trying to build the ship in such a way where it could not only just be run by Prim, but only by Prim and a group of people that Prim could trust and love enough to run the ship. And otherwise, it cannot be ran. Um, I thought it was cool. It was really cool. Thank mm-hmm. you, man. Yep. Are we ready to move to the, bi- the big Ooh. one? <laughs> so the next episode was Unity. Mm. Um there was a really awesome spaceship fight that I was very excited for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the way it played out. Um, in the end, though, uh, even though you guys were victorious with the fight, you were also overwhelmed by superior firepower. And Victoria makes a sacrifice play. And there are some very sad goodbyes mm-hmm. and an escape. And that's how that episode went. So before anyone says anything, <laughs> I had always planned on Victoria dying and dying in this way. Mm-hmm. Um and I was surprised by how emotional I got when I was reading her final words. Um, Victoria is a very close character to my heart. Um, yeah, I don't know. How did you guys, how, how was this episode for you guys? Rough. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, the, the space combat was a lot of fun. That was really cool. You know, I, I did enjoy that. Uh, the, the Victoria thing at the end was was definitely rough, man. Especially with her speech and stuff, man. I was like, ooh, just kind of just tearing at your heart, you know. It's just like, <laughs> oh, that hurt so much. And then, you know, it, it, it kind of like uh, a couple weeks later, we had someone in uh, Discord share a drawing they did of Victoria. Oh, right? man, that was beautiful. Man, when I saw Epic. that, it's like all those feelings came rushing back, and it was like it hit me even harder after seeing that. It's like that visual with it. It was just amazing, you know. It's like to have that NPC with that much you know, behind them that much, you know, weight to the character through the whole campaign so far, you know, where it's like not just for us, but for the listeners too. like the effect of her death had on everybody and the emotions, man, just shows how much, how, how much depth was for that character and how much she was beloved. So definitely was tough to to see her, you know, her death is tough. Defo, defo. Shout out to Sketchburb. Who did that, yeah. Victoria? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that Victoria one. Uh, yeah, no, it was uh, it was tough, especially when uh, we were like throwing ideas out. Like, I think I was the one that said that she was going to do the Admiral Holdo yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. sacrifice play, and then I was like, but she could get on the ship and and come yeah. over. Like, everything will be safe. Just program the thing and go. Uh, but it was I just, w- it wasn't okay. meant to be. <laughs> yeah, I tried to make sure there was a situation where you guys didn't have enough time to do anything. Yeah. Um, I would say one thing, one of the more compelling things about Victoria for me personally is like, she's not what you would consider upon meeting like a 
religious person. Like she just she doesn't seem like someone who would be like a cleric. Yeah. Um, but I tried to reflect like her beliefs in like her actions and basically everything that she did from the beginning to the end was about bringing people together and protecting people and inviting people into her family. Um, and that's the concept of unity that I, that I try to make her represent. Yeah. yeah she, she had like, uh, I like kind of added that to echo, like, <clears throat> like this person saw these reflections, like, uh, like, Echo Echo noticed that about right. her, right? And you know, it, it it was that's why it was emotional for Echo. It was like he knew that this person, like, there are few people like this out there, right? So yeah. it's hard to see one go, and that can just like take people in off the street, kind of like the way she or off the street, right? Um, I think story wise, we spent the exact around, um, right amount of time with Victoria. In the exact right places, so good, yeah. Good, oh, thank good you, man. Yeah, I know. Sure. I appreciate it. And that's that's another thing. I've said this on the Dungeon Cast, but one of the most important things I think about storytelling is at some point you really need to break something they love to really like mm-hmm. put stakes in the narrative, but also like put the character through through some sort of trial or tribulation emotionally speaking. Some adversity, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's been plenty of adversity. <laughs> this campaign, true that. True that. Are we ready to move on? Yeah, we have to. We yeah. gotta let her go. Yeah. yeah, let her go. So next episode, uh, Arcadia, was another really big episode with um, a lot of lore dumped into it. And I would say I'm relatively happy with this episode. The The main thing before I do the synopsis that I wish we could have done differently was basically I wish we could have had two episodes to spend here. Because I feel like we had to stuff so much into this one episode to get to the narrative ending I had planned. And I think... This is one of the the parts where I, as a DM, messed up when it came up to my my timeline mm-hmm. of the of the episodes. But that being said, I'm still happy with the episode, and it's really cool to see all of the stuff that is ecocentric and these new elves and this n- new mm-hmm. far flung planet. So, you know, just, on, on that note, I yeah. will say that it would be a really cool thing to do in the shows. You know, I know we have like a. A formula here that we're going to follow, mm-hmm. but it'd be really cool to have like a break somewhere kind of tense mm-hmm. where it would be cool to like cliffhang for an extra two weeks and do an episode because we spent like a week there, right? Yeah. Like, so, oh, I so see what if saying. we had like a Tales of Bossing Say <laughs> style <laughs> episode? Yeah, yeah I like Arcadia. that. Just I a, think that's really inconsequential cool. <laughs> flashback episode. Right, right. No, I, we should do that. I think that's an excellent idea. Um, yes. So, real quick, the synopsis of the episode Arcadia. Uh, You guys were stranded in space after being horrifyingly traumatized psychically. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm, Yeah. Edgar reached out to his home. His home people came. You guys made it to Arcadia, this big desert planet with this oasis uh, of a a city. Uh, You guys met the council. You tried to heal Prim. You were given a new mission to go get a thing to heal Prim. And Echo uh, was let in on a little secret that there were some (laughs) illithids in town. So, <laughs> yep, that's pretty much it, though. They're like, hey, they they hear, they I'm hear. Like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. I guess we'll talk to them later and try to divulge some fucking secrets or some shit. I don't know. Yeah, you guys will probably be back. Um, so yeah, what are your guys' thoughts on this episode? Um, I mean, I I liked hearing and seeing Echo's homeworld. You know, to kind of know where he's coming from, especially because you know, as Sebastian is hatred towards the elves it's like 
kind of nice to see the other part of it. The, mm-hmm. the elves that, you know, the, the, I guess you say natural elves or whatever, just to see how they live and that there, there are some good ones out there. And it's like to see this, this world of these people banding together to fight tyranny and just to, to live their life off the land and stuff. It was, it was pretty cool just to see the, the whole makeup of that whole town, I guess, city, whatever you want to call it. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I was hoping for a challenge of Sebastian's worldview with this one. Yeah. Because um, we have the Imperial Elves and the Arcadian Elves. And I think as you, you probably have seen up to this point, and you will continue to see that, like, um, there's almost no, like, real, real, real evil, completely, absolutely bad people yeah. like that you guys are going to come across. Um, with the exception of, you know, the great darkness about to devour the galaxy. <laughs> yeah, there's no, like, Lord of the Rings orcs or whatever. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's exactly right. And... uh We'll get into more of it later. I don't want to get any spoilers. Yeah, there are a lot of super elves still baked into the society there too, which I, I thought that would be more of a thing for for Freeland. As I think originally, I hadn't conceptualized the world in that way. I thought there would be like very minimal, mm-hmm. but it made a lot of sense <clears throat> for there to be way more, and to have this community be bigger than I originally thought it was made made a lot of sense. So like, we wrote that lore when echo was designed mm-hmm. so kind of like got me and will have been talking about it for a long time so to see what will did with all that at the end was cool i was like oh shit it's like a fucking big real place <laughs> it's a society yeah. yeah and and like being gone for 10 years like it was cool to role play echo there because i got to bring a little bit of brian's surprise to echo like oh shit things have changed and like <laughs> my i didn't do enough of it but like the because I hadn't realized there'd be humans there, really, mm. and like to see a human age ten years like that would have been like, you know, oh yeah, that's a big deal. Like, I should have yeah. like that counselor guy that was walking me around. Mm-hmm. What's his name? Gendrick. Uh, Gendrick. Gendrick. Like I, I yeah. could have had like a little bit more of like, oh my god, Gendrick, you're so fucking. You're you have so crow's feet, old. Gendrick. Like that sort <laughs> of thing. So yeah, absolutely. Old. You could have. Yeah, yeah, um, like an elf thing. Like, how does this happen? <laughs> I think it hasn't really been mentioned since the first story arc, but. It was Carter was asking about humans and where they are in the galaxy, and like most of the human population in the galaxy are slaves in the Empire. Right. So, for me, like it was, it was almost like the elves couldn't have even got here without the the human slaves and the whole revolting mm-hmm. together kind of kind of deal. Yeah. But what about you, Jake? Uh, it was it was pretty cool. You know, I've been looking forward to interfacing with. Uh, with free furbolgs mm. and uh, look forward to right. do it more because <laughs> uh, that's real big in, yes, in Percy's too. eyes. Uh, so it was cool to see that. It was cool to see uh, Echo's home. Um, that whole scene with Echo and his sister was uh, was dope, even if I was not like as a audience dope. member because <laughs> uh, I was you know <laughs> off in the garden. But still, like that was uh, that was pretty awesome. And yeah, I some feel of the so best RP is making. Uh, player characters fight each other right it's true <laughs> i mean it made sense and she's dope i liked the uh the uh, the olivia uh armstrong and <laughs> and the other the dude was, armstrong yeah. i can't remember what the dude's name is still uh i can't remember his name either they just call him armstrong <laughs> yeah, all the I know. time it's not neil no <laughs> it can't be no. it can't be neil no it's there's not too neil. many it's other super Neils. not neil it's not i can't major be. armstrong yeah that's all i got <laughs> They, they say it's goddamn. We have right. the internet right here. I'm too lazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I figured out it, the, that thing's um, name is is Guilty Spark, Brian. By the way, the uh, the like librarian on Halo. Oh yeah, Halo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Interesting. 
I was trying to remember. Calamity. <laughs> if only we had more time. That's something that the guilty spark says. That's a real good. Uh, I feel. <laughs> I think um, some something we haven't uh, really done, and something I struggle with role playing Echo is like we haven't really spent any time in Elven society, like in. In Imperial Elven Imperial Society. Elven Society. We don't actually know what that's like firsthand. <laughs> you right? don't. So there's when we see uh, Arcadia and the way that operation works, there's like nothing really to compare it to because we like Echo lived for ten years mm-hmm. in it, so mm-hmm. he knows yeah. and he's he's fucking all all like this shit sucks out here. Like like all the fucking slavery is like way too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, taxes, blah blah blah. <laughs> um, you know he there's a lot of punk rock inspiration when Echo lived this 10 years there to descent as much as possible within the space. Right. Right. Um, so I have like my idea of what that's like and you've we seen will, like some of the things I've written. It. Yeah. Um, I don't want to get into spoilers, but like totally. you guys will learn some things. There's plenty more to learn just cause I dropped all that lore. doesn't mean there's not a shit ton more to cover. <laughs> sure. Cause there is. Yeah. Okay. I think that I think I probably speak for us all when we just like have heard it's bad. Right. And haven't really firsthand seen yeah, anything true. other than like maybe, reports on the war and mm-hmm. how much killing and mm-hmm. then like mm-hmm. how much of an asshole they are when we're face to face with them yeah. and their military. <laughs> yeah. Though. That's the thing is like, you've only dealt with the military and mostly only with the high end officers. Right. Yeah. 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 They're dicks, but like, we don't know what it's like, like growing up in a, a home in Elvin society. Like exactly. That. Yeah. That's exactly right. It's true. All right, guys, we're moving to the finale of this arc. Dominion's <laughs> law. Final. Um, I'm going over. I'm going to go over the synopsis, and I'm going to say my piece about this episode, and then I'll let you guys go. <laughs> so, you guys were on your way to the Oce- oceanic world of Thalassia um, to get uh, some sacred water, and you were taking the smugglers' routes uh, via Echo's expertise. You guys ended up at a Spacey's because y'all need to refuel yourselves and your ship. It was 3 a.m. Like, there's nothing else (laughs) open. And Spacey's is a reference from Uh, uh, DVZ Bridge. Yeah. And uh, you guys were ambushed by some Iron Legionnaires and a couple Dragoons. um, Azure Dragoons, to be specific. And there were just too many Paladins, and you guys were forced to surrender. And um, Dabrax invoked Dominion's Law to make sure there was no way you were going to make an escape, at least in that moment. And um, for me, this episode was, how do I put the fear of God into these guys who can trounce whatever I throw at them? Because Sebastian is so strong. Oh, wait, what if I throw six Sebastians at them? That's five more Sebastians we have. Plus, I needed to uh, really get to some payoff for the whole betrayal thing that happened at yeah. the beginning of this arc. Mm. Yeah. So makes sense. <laughs> We're bringing you in. You're going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll start by saying that my, my whole visual of this whole episode was uh, like from Spaceballs when they go to the, the fuel station. I don't know if you guys have seen Spaceballs. Oh, yeah. Don't remember. They stop yeah. at the gas station and they're inside this like 50s diner like out in space. And, <laughs> yeah. it's, that's, that's, that's what I was in my mind the entire time. But, that's but, hilarious. That's pretty good, actually. But beyond, that, pretty good. beyond that, I, I mean, told you you should have put more than five bucks in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I was just waiting for uh, someone to start spitting up and an alien pop out of their belly and start dancing on the table and stuff. Just like the movie. <laughs> Hello, my baby. Oh, oh my no. Hair. Hello, my yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen Spaceballs. Oh, we don't classic. reference it enough. Classic. Yeah, that's true. So, what was your guys' thoughts on this fight, on this, on that, uh, and how it played out? Well, I, I think with, uh, I mean, I don't know if it was obvious to everybody, but for Sebastian, he, uh, in his mind, he did not want to 
he, he wanted to surrender. He didn't want to have to kill anybody. And the, the thought of, you know, using these powers he got from hell against people who are his brethren, per se, you know, it's like mm. he, he had, it was a big struggle for him to decide what to do on this one. Um, and then he, when he, his family, per se, I mean, that's, you know, you got Percy and Echo ready to, to start trouncing on people. It's like, okay, those, they, they're my family. I want to take their back over Iron Legion any day. Mm. But still, that thought was in his subconscious the entire time. Like, I, I can't, I can't use my hell powers on him. So, mm. I don't know if anybody noticed that, but Sebastian did not use any of his, you know, hexblade curse or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fight, I, so. I wasn't thinking about it at the time because mm-hmm. I was juggling six paladins. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, that's a great point. Yeah, I was also juggling six paladins. So it's much <laughs> different sense. <laughs> I was, ju- I juggled one paladin like right off the bat. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I should have killed him. I didn't want to kill him. I wanted Bass to have the honor. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to really put the pain on this fool and move mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. But I potential, I had the potential to kill him. And I just yeah. decided, like, I'll save my action surge <laughs> right. for something else. Yeah, you did. And I then didn't, didn't fuck get to fucking use it because I, mm. I got hit when I didn't think I could. And then I just <laughs> did. And it hurt so bad that I died. <laughs> <laughs> I was so fucking stacked still. Like, I went down with so much ammunition. Like, and that was the problem with Echo's build is like, I have to use, and and not just his build, but his build versus where we are in the combat phase of this game. I have to use everything right up front or I'm going to die. And I don't want to. Right. Like, I don't want to, I don't want a second wind on the first fucking round or whatever. So. Well, no spoilers for after Domain Slaw, that's all I'll say. What about you, Jake? How was this? Uh, It was rough, man. It was real rough. Uh, I was fighting the whole time, uh, and I didn't want to stop fighting. I had had a lot of resources still (laughs) that I was going to... that I was going to dedicate to to fighting. I wanted to down at least one or two of these guys. So I had, like, fourth-level spells. I was going to start polymorphing myself. Uh, like if I couldn't wild shape anymore, <laughs> I'm still going to be a monster. So I was going to, I was thinking of polymorphing right. myself. I was thinking of maybe polymorphing echo to get him like up and then polymorph him. Uh, but mm. he wouldn't have, mm-hmm. he wouldn't have lasted a round if like I would have had to do two rounds, like one to heal him and then one to polymorph him. And then also I didn't want to do that without his consent or without, I was thinking about getting Sebastian, uh, polymorph too. But then again, I didn't want to do it without his consent. So I was like, oh, I don't know what, what yeah. I should do. That's a big one. And I wanted to keep on fighting, but then Sebastian uh, threw down the arms and I was like, Ugh, can I take all these guys by myself? I yeah. was like, should I even take all these guys? <laughs> uh, and then I got the space yeah. bird slapped out of me and I was like, oh no, I should chill. And <laughs> Yeah, I think that was the, the kicker. Yeah, Although think- uh, transforming into the, the cosmic elemental was such a great idea because he resisted all the radiant smites. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was like, you know what? So, what can get me in the best smart. position here? And then I thought flying would also get me good because only two people could hit me. But then two Sebastians hitting me is still rough. I think they smited me for yeah, like exactly. still bad though. for like <laughs> eighty HP or something like that first round, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> I was like, this isn't good. And, uh, and yeah, that's just the way it that's is. That's how I feel about Sebastian, man. It's, it's I, I got to be ready because I know he can dish out 95 on the first round. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If shit gets wild. Yeah, for so. Sebastian, he, he he lay down. Yeah. No, go ahead. Yeah, Sebastian laid down in his arms because he, he saw his family members go down. He sees Echo get knocked down. Mm. You know, he, he knows Percy can still go for a while, but she's taken on a whole bunch. 
It's like, am I going to let my family members die because of a decision I made type okay. thing? That's, that was right. his mindset. And it's like, Fair. it got to the point where like, you know what? I'm not going to let them die. It's, yeah. this is all me. So I'll take the repercussions of this. If I go to trial, if whatever happens, happens, it has to happen to me and not my family. Gotcha. I so. think that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Dim. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch. And organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. So that's how we ended the arc, and we've already recorded a couple episodes. We're not going to get into it, but um, I'm very excited for this arc. <laughs> it's awesome. Like, so far. This is uh, this is my fun, fun playtime arc. So, yeah. <laughs> but um, we got some fan questions, guys, and uh, let's just get right into them. Cool. So first question is from Veloxity. Hey. Legendary listener. Legendary listener, Veloxity. <laughs> and she asks, yep. what is your favorite thing about Victoria, either in character or mm. as a player or both? Hmm. Freeland, do you want to start? Uh, is this question being addressed to all of us? Yes, to all of us. Okay. I think we kind of touched on it already. She had the, uh, I think it was Brian said that this has a way to bring everybody together, you know, and take people off the, you know, the street in a way and make them her family and treat them like family. It's like that was yeah. having that warm character that, you know, because we got Mama Bear over here with Percy as well, too. <laughs> but then now we also have Victoria. It's like, okay, we have these mother figures around us to, mm. to show us the way, you know, and she was, she was our, our introduction to this new world for at least two of the characters. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think that's what I loved about her. She was a great introduction to the new world and a great guide mm-hmm. and like it kind of set the foundation for, for our, our characters in the new world. So. Yeah. Which is what I designed her to be. Yeah. Totally. What about you guys? I, uh, I, feel the exact same way like for her to have been like the first face that we all saw more or less like the crew of the Brunhilde or Brunhilde by all means but like Vicky was the first one we saw and she was the first one to kind of like accept these crazy chuckle fucks from (laughs) out of time like uh, (laughs) that that meant a lot I think in character 
to Percy and then also to me because I was like, oh, well, shoot, like this is a brand new setting. Mm-hmm. Like it was still kind of unfamiliar. Like, yeah, we did Scoove and everything, but it was this was a new adventure for all of us, myself included. Um, yeah. So it was nice to have that kind of uh, that acceptance right off the bat and not have to yeah. have like awkward kind of role play like to to feel comfortable like she just immediately like made it comfortable. Um, so, yeah, that was that was awesome. Yeah, Scoove is um, Super Quest Ultra 5, which is a game that didn't make it off the ground floor, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But um, some of it is in our Patreon, mm-hmm. which I've mentioned a couple times. But we have cool bonus content there. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Echo sees Victoria as a, um, a safe house boss. So he puts a lot of rogue spec <laughs> on it. Uh, and yeah. realizes like, she's... This is obviously more than that, but that's pretty much what it was to Echo at first. It's like, well, this is just a new place Echo can be safe. Right, right. Um, but also here, I, I seem to have stumbled from NPC land into finding the plot. So here I am <laughs> being role-played by Brian, and we're going to stick around here. But yeah, that's that's Echo's view. It's just a lot of respect. Yeah, yeah. I think I designed Victoria, and this is probably my, my favorite thing about her. I designed Victoria to be the kind of person that I wish I want, or the kind of person I want to be. Mm. Like, she has all the virtues that I think are something that should be, um, what's the word, when you... Emulate? Emulate, yeah, mm-hmm. sure. And uh, she reminds me to try Aspire and be a be. better person. Yeah. Uh, but let's do a couple quick fire ones. Um, sure. We got another one. For, we got two more from Veloxity that she asked in a row. The next one is, does your character like pineapple on pizza or not? So that's for <laughs> you three. Hmm. Oh, real big, go back to Victoria. I, for me, oh. one of the greatest the things that I loved about Victoria was no matter what we did and how bad we fucked up, she would lecture us when we got back, but then welcome us with open arms. I was like, yeah. I just love that that, that part of her character. It's like, okay, this is cool. I was like, I, I love yeah. that. So. Yeah, all the all the love with an eye roll. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You dumb assholes, what'd you do? Come here. I know. What'd you have to do this time? Another one? Fucking uh, get in here and eat your slop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got, it comes out of this tube here in the ceiling. Uh, okay, so the pineapple question. Uh, mm-hmm. For Sebastian, no pineapple. He just wants all meat on his pizza. Mm-hmm. Okay. It. Percy? Uh, it's so hard because me as a person <laughs> despises this, so I don't know uh, how she would respond. <laughs> I imagine she'd be cool with it. I think she'd... Uh, I'm sure she ate I worse like, out in yeah. the wild, so <laughs> uh, I would That's say, true. yeah, oh, <laughs> for sure. Um, myself nor any character I play will ever like pineapple <laughs> the way it should be. I'm not a fucking coward like Jake. <laughs> Fuck you, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to stay true so, to my character. Final question from <laughs> final question from Veloxi is: Will we ever see Splack again? Uh, resounding, probably no. It's just probably not going to happen. <laughs> Fuck so yes. He's out there. Some interesting stuff about Splack came up. Um, I don't oh, know. Yeah. I'm going to see if it made it in here. Yeah, I think it did. Okay. So next question comes from uh, Alicio, and they ask: What are the freelancers' favorite breakfast burrito, and what more can you say about them? Mm. Um, they don't eat breakfast burritos <laughs> because they don't eat. They are immortal constructs mm-hmm. that have uh, not lower themselves to needing to ingest anything. And what more can I say about them? Um, there's two more um, that you guys haven't met yet. Um, keywords yet. What was that? So the keywords keyword, yet. Keyword yet. yet. Yeah. AOL um, keyword yet. You guys, one of the names was revealed, the logician. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I will keep the other one a secret unless one of the characters actually pursues that. 
Um, and <laughs> Gilbert. E- <laughs> each character or each freelancer is roughly based off of a D&D class. So um, let me see. The Dynamo was a monk. Yep. The Armor was a fighter. Um, the Mystic was a wizard. The Fury was actually a sorcerer. Yeah. And, well... The other three, I'm not going to reveal. I guess Gil, Gil was obvious. He's a ranger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but the other two are n- have not yet been revealed, monster, and that's all I got to say. A monster slayer. Interesting. Yeah, sure. Will. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, next question comes from Last of the Office. Um, they ask, "What did Brian like most about switching to a new character?" Uh, being a cool dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. They'll just like role play like like normal. Like I probably would from the beginning if i did the campaign over <laughs> although like not that i have any regrets about w- the life i chose it's just like i don't want to do evil stuff anymore mm. like, right. it was cool i did it i did it though check that one off the belt <laughs> you're ready to move on yeah i don't think i'm going to be um doing a player character with bad intentions from the get for you know the foreseeable future mm. right that isn't carter like i have i have one I don't mm-hmm. need two of those fuckers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it takes up space in my head and it makes me think about, have to think about bad things I'm going to do. You well, know obviously, I mean? Carter 2 is like an especially twisted one, right? With like a perverse madness going on. Yeah. Like, what fucked up shit is this guy going to do You're next? Right. I got to think about that for like hours to make it good. Right. So, right. Fair you did great. <laughs> yeah. You did amazing. Yeah. It's so over it now. It is. Yeah. It's over now. <laughs> for now. Until next be, time. I get to be normal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question. Is from oh this one's from legendary listener Velocity uh, again and she asks everyone what has been your favorite story arc so far. Mm. I'll let you guys go first. Going to hell, the hell arc. <laughs> that was a fun one. That was fun. <laughs> I would uh, I'd say either the hell arc or this last one, the one that we just talked about. It's, oh, cool! It was pretty yeah. uh, pretty substantial. Like Brian said, the interlude had some of his best work. Like I think it was. Uh, good as far as like lore wise goes like it was it was hefty it was real nice yeah i think story wise i I agree with that like the story really opened up and like narrowed at the same time Mm. um i guess the story narrowed to a point where it wasn't because the story opened up a long time ago right like and we have all these different plot points and now it's narrowing to a point like it seems manageable for mm. brian especially to like okay like i know what the fuck we're gonna do next time we sit down at the table and like what our goals are like i knew yeah, all those things before yeah. but it's like i don't know what the fuck is gonna happen next though ever you know yeah. what i mean like there was so much chaos in the first half no, of the show absolutely like i've enjoyed every step of the show but without a doubt this is one of the most ambitious storytelling things i've ever had to do where it's like i have this elaborate mystery that you guys are getting piece by piece of and even now, putting it all together is complex. Mm-hmm. And yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. It was, it's been a lot. And my next campaign will not be this complicated. But <laughs> I feel like I'm enjoying this. I went from trucker headlights to, like, a, a big, bright, narrow flashlight. And I'm like, cool, cool, cool. This beam is dope. I can see things. So for me, um, I, again, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed every single arc. But I think there is a very special place in my heart for the second arc, which is the Outlaws Horizon arc. Mm -hmm. Um, And part of that is because this is where we really establish the, um, the storytelling beats of like an interlude in eight episodes kind of deal. And that first interlude was so much fun and it was really cool to see it come to life. We had the, Joining the Iron Legion hazing thing. Oh, yeah, that was cool. The Yuma and yes. getting high off tea. Yes. We had the reveal, <laughs> yes. the first real reveal of something sinister going on here yeah. with Carter's meeting of, with Nyarlathotep. 
It's true. Yeah, I and, remember uh, being like, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. Oh, shit, okay, I'll try. <laughs> yeah, he was basically like, stay close to the girl. And he also mentioned to keep an eye on the warrior friend, which is Sebastian. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we just had the fun romping around a cool city and the mystery of the Nymphite Colossus. Yeah. And I... I like the, the the chicken lizard. The chicken lizard that, that and was the, the introduction of the dread stars. By the way, like I had this Fred idea Lowe? of a gang in suits, but you guys, I think it was Brian said, "Oh, mm-hmm. we should call them the dread stars." <laughs> yeah. episodes. I was like, "All right, let's go with it." And that tur- without that, we don't get the hell arc. Without that right, one yeah. comic, we don't get the hell arc. Because huh? Brain Night, none of that existed yet. I was making it up as I went. That's awesome. Um, improv's and, the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, improv is the best, and um, I love that arc. And I've loved every arc since, but that arc was very special to me. And shout out to the to the Blood Gala tournament arc, dude. That was fun. Mm, yes. I was going to say, that was really cool. Com- Gameplay-wise, the Blood Gala arc was the most fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. And like the, I can see that. Like, the, like I love uh, scenes where we get to have a um, – I think I loved it so much I baked it into Echo. But like <laughs> having a character cr- – like wardrobe selection screen <laughs> yeah. is so much fucking fun to like do a, a, re- a reflavor custom. I really like um, – I think Bass, I'm not sure if it's spoilers, so I won't touch on it too much, but Bass did like a reflavor of his look a little bit recently. Oh, yeah. Um, so if we if it's spoilers, I'm not going to talk about it, but I thought that was so cool. I was like, oh, it was such a simple change. I was like, this is so fucking fresh. <laughs> this is so fucking fresh. And we just like kind of change it up a little bit. Like, yeah. like I did some reflavor on my guy, too. Mm-hmm. But like I built in a, a something where I could change whatever the look of him whenever I want. Which right. Is fun, to, fun to play with. OK, so next question comes from Jay Burby. And they ask, did you ever expect your PC to end up where they are now, whether that be class or their character development? So this one's for you oh. three. Hmm. I guess I'll go first. Yeah, I, I remember when we started this whole campaign, it was kind of like, I remember Will saying like, hey, don't, don't have too much of a backstory. Don't plan too far ahead because things are going to get crazy. I'm like, okay, what is he talking about? Because when we started this thing, I had no idea we're going to space or anything like oh, that. Yeah, you know, Will kept it all secret. So for, for all your listeners... I, at least I didn't know. I don't, I don't know if Jake knew. I'm pretty Definitely sure Brian did probably didn't know. Brian, did I you did know? know? Yeah, yeah. I, I had to run the idea by Brian yeah. first to make sure like you guys it was it. a good idea. And when yeah. he was like, "Hell yeah, let's do it," I was like, "All right, cool, but it's got to be secret." Let's yeah. Go. yeah. And it was it was pretty much just like, "What if we did it?" And I made it seem like we're gonna do a normal shit, and then yeah. we do it in space. And I was like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's fucking go. Yeah. I'm so, I, I mean, yeah, the character, I mean, I had from from episode zero to now, I mean, it's completely different with the, the, the character arc. And it's just, um, I try not to have too much in my set in my mind on how he's going to progress because things are always changing. It's so different episode to episode. Like, I try to go with the flow and I don't want to try to railroad the, the character to be something that doesn't fit with the storyline. So, I try to go along with the storyline. Like, I... Never even thought of the idea of becoming, you know, part warlock or anything. But as as it, right. as it, you know, as the, the series went on, I was like, hey, you know what? I have this idea, and I remember bringing it up to Will. I was like, hey, what about throwing a, a couple uh, levels of warlock in eventually? It's like, oh, some hexblade, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and then and then the whole idea of the oathbreaker came up too. So I, I never had any inkling of doing any of that stuff. But just through the story, that's that's you know what what happened with Sebastian going down that arc. It's yeah. fair. It's super fair. Yeah, I think uh, I think Freeland brought up the the main point, which was we were told not to <laughs> go too far into <laughs> our future uh, because Will was cooking up some good stuff. So I was, uh, I, yeah, I, I don't think so. I mean, I have it in my head that she's going to turn into like a like a Doctor Who 
like Captain Planet kind of mm. character and just save the goddamn universe. That's where I want her to 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 go. Whether that will happen, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I just picture a lot of a lot of the times uh, she's not being like Doctor Who because uh, we're fucking up the planets <laughs> when we leave them. <laughs> usually, uh, but I mean, arguably, the Doctor also fucks up planets when they leave. So. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, We're basically there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's more or less. Uh, no, I did not expect her to be like this. Um, for me, I've had like a really ambitious uh, approach to character creation in both cases. Mm. <clears throat> so with Carter, I wanted to do a radio journal really badly. Mm. Well, okay, so take that a step back. I just really wanted to do a radio journal really badly, <laughs> and I had Carter, <laughs> so I made it work. Um, <laughs> And it was something I wanted to do when we played our last game that I was DMing to have a radio journal that I left clues in for the players, for the audience. I don't know. I had this vague idea, but I was like, hey, wouldn't it be cool to like just be Carter and do the thing that the dude in Hello from the Magic Tavern kind of does? Mm. But then like slowly make each one a little more consequential to the plot of mm. Carter and try not to touch the main storyline too much. I mean, like, Will already gave me the end game for Carter. Like, we knew where mm. it was going to eventually wind up. Not the specifics, but that this can't break bad. There is no good inside this man. <laughs> Despite what you guys in the audience want from him, there, I don't see any light inside of Carter. So yeah, he's evil through and through. Yeah, I, I just, like, this is who he is and this is what he's going to end up as, and that's just how some things go, and it'll be tragic if you want to see it from that point of view, which I think some people do. Um, but you know what? Like, I like it's not somebody I really gave a shit about. So like, it was like cool time to time to give this guy to the story. And like, yeah. this has been great for the story. This has been good time to move on. And now I'm gonna take this other uh, character and um, kind of have some similar reservations in terms of like secret keeping and stuff. But like, open up slowly and let the people know like I'm not like insane. You know, right, right. And I thought that would be something the party could like would be you know, trying to um, address and, like, tackle with uh, what would, what just happened to the last character, like, that that secrecy and stuff, that they would be more suspicious and, like, want to get to know this person and be, like, super prying. And that didn't really come up too much. So they were, you guys were, like, easy about it. Yeah. I was like, okay. And then the psychic link thing happened. And I was like, okay, well, <laughs> I planned on leaving, like, not as many audio bits behind for as Carter, which were like once per episode, pretty much um, at some point it turned into that. Um, but for echo, I just kind of wanted to leave little breadcrumbs behind, you know, an audio file here, one here, and then maybe a few more as things go. And I think of more things. So I have a goal for echo um, for echoes, like personality, and I, I'm going to meet it. Um, it's just a matter of like when, mm -hmm. so when, whenever there's an opportunity, and Will's really good at leaving space for us to fill in the blanks. So, mm -hmm. you know, just jump in and, and do the thing. And it, I know it'll be right, the right time, because there's a space for that needs to be filled in. Right. Know? So, uh, like, I feel like there's plenty of time to get Echo where I, I need him to be by the end here. And, like, some of it's been, there is. been brought to the surface early. So now I have, like, even more time. So uh, I guess the answer is, like, no, I kind of expect my character to be where they are. Most of the time, right. the, I, I feel like I'm in tune with the flow of the show, yeah, and, yeah. like the flow of the game. So we can kind of set stuff up accordingly. And if anything comes up that I want to do, I just talk to Will about it. You know, we, we work it out. <laughs> yeah, we do. So next question comes from Genix. Um, they ask, 
you guys don't talk alignment much, but mm. do you, mostly Freeland, feel like Sebastian's alignment has changed? Yeah, what we'll say, so when I build my characters, I don't think too much about alignment. I, it's something I do think about, but I don't go too in-depth on it. I always kind of pirate code. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always pictured Sebastian more of a lawful neutral because he's mm-hmm. willing to go, you know, it's, yeah, I mean, he's he's willing to, to go kill, and but go do good stuff too. But now, through his choices, he's definitely leaning more towards lawful evil. Uh, I don't think it's a, it's a conscious choice of his, but it, it's something that it just the, the path he's chosen. It's it's forcing him down that lawful evil path now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel my two senses. I feel like I agree a hundred percent with what she said, and my approach to this topic has been like, how does evil really work? And mm. most of the time, it comes from compromising on your morals one little bit at a time, yeah. and that's been my approach to the decisions I keep making Sebastian make. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he keeps on making the wrong decisions, but hey, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> so next question comes from Tom. Um, this one is also Freeland aimed. Uh, Tom asks, Josh, when playing the game and making certain decisions, are you making them instinctually or do you consider how this will develop your character before making the decision? Ooh. That's a good one. It's, it's a mixture of both, really. I mean, um, I, I try to envision the path, you know, making these decisions when they come up, what, what path I'm going to end up on. But sometimes I don't have enough time to think about it. It's like <laughs> I try to think about it, but things are happening. We don't know ahead of time what's going to happen. It's not like, you know, we'll give us cliff notes like, OK, guys, here's what's going to happen. It's like, no, it's like thrown at us. And it's like, oh, crap. It's like, it's like OK, I think Sebastian would just, you know, make this decision instinctually and say, you know, whatever, choose this. Uh, but then I'm almost trying to think, like, okay, how is this going to affect Sebastian and the story arc and the other characters, too? Um, I try my best to do it where I, I feel like Sebastian's the one, you know, deciding what he's going to do. It's not necessarily me, because there's a lot of things where I've like, no, I wouldn't do that, you know, just if I was metagaming, I'd be like, no, I'm not going to do that. But I'm trying to think of the character Sebastian's like, okay, yeah, I think he's more of a instinctual type person too. He's not going to think mm-hmm. things out. So I, I think I try to do both, but I think majority of them kind of go the instinctual way, where it's like, okay, Sebastian would just just feel this right away and not think about the consequences. As you can see, most of his choices have ended up with <laughs> some consequences. So he leaves before he looks a lot yeah, of the time. He does, yeah, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. sure. So next question comes from Murdrak. Uh, how have the characters' attitudes changed along the way? What hasn't changed about their attitudes on the way from your perspectives? I'm kind of mm-hmm. most curious about Percy on this one, mm-hmm. if, Jake, you want to start. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I feel like she's stayed kind of... Uh, I mean, at first, I think she was a little lost. You know, she was um, she was looking for a family. She was looking for a purpose. Uh, and thanks to Victoria and, uh, the, the way everything has kind of been playing out, uh, she found that with the, uh, galactic spirit. I think that also kind of helped her, um, have some sort of like spiritual guidance with it. And, uh, yeah, no, she's definitely has purpose. She wants to look out for her fam and also the universe at large. Whereas before she was, uh, kind of yearning to be a part of something and now she feels like she is a part of something. Uh, so yeah, I think 
that's it. <laughs> <laughs> what about you guys? Go for it, Brian. Um, uh, Echo, Echo's learning to love again, baby. Mm. So <laughs> that's true. You really are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, he's he's acclimating to um, spend a lot of time and you know living solo in society. I think think of it like big city life. You don't have like family nearby or anything. Um, you're just kind of like meeting people out in the wild of the city, um, and that's kind of how Echo jumped around for a long time. So. Going from that to being in like an intimate, like close knit group, the way that things are going now, is was jarring. Is jarring. Um, he continues to like learn and grow from that, and then like obviously going back home is a big step forward for Echo. Um, just being able to like set foot there and like like reconcile with um, family after all the time that went by. So uh, Echo's perspective on everything is like constantly changing, and that's the character's design. So. That's the way it's supposed to be, and it's just I'm just supposed to let that happen naturally with the flow of the story. Mm. Um, so that's like the setup. I'm just coasting on it. Yeah, you know, no big deal. Yeah, I think I think for Sebastian, I, there's some things that changed dramatically for him. You know, he goes from living a strict life with his father, where they, they, you know he wasn't able to have you know spicy food or alcohol <laughs> or anything like that. Whereas this dude loves alcohol now, and loves using his haste <laughs> to get the adrenaline rush. I mean, this dude's like. It was from one extreme to another. <laughs> it's like, I was, oh, this is fantastic. You know, it's like the I was fucking Olive Garden waiters over your plate with the black pepper and you're Lord. like, no, don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> Look at my eyes. <laughs> you want me to send your soul to hell? Fucking crack that black pepper. I haven't said that. And then he goes from, yeah. <laughs> Sorry for the guy. And then he goes from, uh, no, you're good. You're good. He goes from just having his father because his mother, you know, we know the story about his mother and stuff. It's like he didn't have a family other than his father. His father's gone most of the time. So now he's just in this this world where he has a family now. He, he considers, you know, especially Percy and Prim because he's been around, around them the longest and Victoria, you know, and Wad. But especially Percy and Prim, I think he has a strong connection to. Um, he, he does consider them family and he would do anything for them. So now instead of just fighting for actually a cause or for a God, he's in his mind, his oath is to his family. Now, like he's serving his family. He's doing whatever it takes to protect and help his family. And then that, you know, as Sebastian, you know, made that deal with the devil to gain more power to protect his family. And that's, that's, that's where he's coming from, you know? So I I think there's a lot of things that have changed for him. You know, certain characteristics that stay the same, of course, but I think those are the two main differences for him. Okay. So the next question comes from Bongo50. Um, they ask, who are your favorite NPCs? Let's start with you, Brian. Watt. <laughs> <laughs> I love Watt, too. I've thought so much about Watt. Like, it's true. It's Just true. as like a side from, like, this will never come up, but like Carter would probably fucking eject that guy out of a fucking <laughs> lifeless pod if he got the chance. It's true. So like I did stuff like that for a while. I was like, when I tell uh, you guys it's like not fun to, to think in Carter thoughts for too long... <laughs> It's because I'm thinking about doing terrible things. Right. Like, yeah. to, to, and they're funny in a way, like, in that it's just this fantasy, but also, way, like, yeah. what a horrible thing to, like, be entrenched in mm-hmm. as, like, part of just showing up to this and being able to do good. Um, right. So, but Echo, I don't know. Like, you let me role play Watt and I got a taste and oh, I yeah. can't stop. No, that's great. I want to be Watt. What about you guys? 
Freela? Uh, for for me, I love Prim and uh, Victoria. I mean, it's it's weird because I, it's almost like I don't view them as NPCs because they're so right. involved in everything. But uh, they are NPCs, and those are definitely you know my my two favorites for sure. I would uh, I would agree with that, uh, but also with bringing up the Outlaws Horizon uh, arc and everything. I mean, we got so many good characters out of that, like Molly Dollar. Yeah. Well, I think that uh, was yeah, before, Fred right? Lowe. Fred Lowe. <laughs> yes. uh, Zacer Bane is a super dope. You guys are mechanics now? How <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you love Fred? Zacer Bane <laughs> was dope. Uh, like Sateros, like yeah. all the setup for that. Like we got yeah, so many, like really cool. so yeah, many yeah. quality NPCs out of that arc. Like that was, uh, that was definitely, I mean, Yuma, yeah. like there's, there was a lot that happened. <laughs> there was a lot of juice there. Yeah. <laughs> It does make the Hell Arc really rich. Like I liked a lot of the like Savvy Jack Scratch. That yeah. was a cool yes. one. That was a fun that one. Hundred percent. Cool. Um, the bartender there that I got to talk to for a while. I never named him. Yeah. And the hotel, In the hotel, the hotel lobby guy. They were like the same dude, pretty much. <laughs> they really, but I really liked them. <laughs> they were like twins, probably. They were totally brothers. They're brothers. Totally they're brothers. just running. They're just running the city. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All the amenities. Um. For me, uh, and the obvious ones, Prim and Vicky are are top tier. I, if I were to go outside of the Brunhilde crew, though, um, Elop Ball, Elop Ball, good one. <laughs> oh <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I, I liked him at arm's length. I love, yeah. I love him at arm's length. Yeah, you love to hate him. Um, for me, Zaserine's up there. Um, yeah. Korak Ironhide, he's Korak great. Was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, shout out to Molly Dalla because she. I hated mm. role playing her, but I loved her. Yeah, me and you got dangerously close. <laughs> she was like, you trying to fuck? And Carter was like, God, no. And my dick doesn't work. <laughs> she was more interested in uh, Sebastian, I think. Um, okay, moving on. Next question is from Chemical. Um, legendary listener, Chemical. Gam. And he has two questions. The first one is to me, and he asks, is there a piece of lore about the setting that at this point isn't spoilers because um, the, the PCs will never get to it that you are proud of and would like to share. Um, so I thought hard about this, and a lot of like my favorite stuff that I'm most proud of has been shared at some point or will be in the future. Um, but one thing that I was excited to get a little bit into that didn't, I don't know if you guys remember in the Hell Arc when you guys make it into the banquet hall, and Freeland's or Sebastian snaps a photo of the oh yeah the artwork at, on the ceiling. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, basically... It was just the names of the four planets within the Nessus system. Mm-hmm. So you guys were on Cable. Oh, the rest of hell. Yeah, the rest of hell. Oh, God. <laughs> um, so I didn't go as far as to name the other Archdukes because it, it wasn't going to come up, but I'm prepared to if I need to. But I did name the other planets. So you guys were on Cable, which was the fire and blood planet. Um, then there was Solaros, the ice and darkness planet. Interitus, the decay and uh, what was it? Decay and poison pl- uh, world, and then there was Zersotos, the waste of uh, uh, the dust and bones world. Um, so yeah, I had four basically layers of hell that I uh, cool. created that we never got to. Mm-hmm. How dope! So real, it, qu- real quick, one of my favorite NPCs, Bone Knights. Bone Knights, <laughs> yes, that was. Uh, reminded me of Bone Knights. Oh. <laughs> was that Ira? Yeah, was that Ira? Ira, Ira that that she did. She yeah. got super dead. Oof. Yeah. So I kept on f- um, failing the damn save. <laughs> damn it. Chemical's question to you guys, though, is give us your character's hottest takes. What does that mean? <laughs> I saw this get asked, and I was like, is there more? 
No, you don't. You don't know what hot take is. I know what a hot take Give is. Give them your hottest take. The, so you want Echo's hottest Echo's take? Echo's hottest take. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know how to answer this question. It was worth it. What about you guys? Uh, if, let, let's mm. let Brian think. I honestly, I, I had troubles. I had troubles thinking about this too because. Um, like out of character, I've I've listened to like all of Zahn stuff and gotten all the lore and everything, and but still, I don't know where it's gonna go. Like I'm sure, like the lore masters. Then give me your hot take. Like that like <laughs> that's what hot takes are about. It's about being wrong. This is your character's hot take. Yeah, this is an it's in-character not me. Thing. Percy, she doesn't have a lot of hot takes, man. She's just uh, living. <laughs> She's just trying to live, survive from day to day. <laughs> That's her hottest take. Is I need to live to tomorrow. Um, <laughs> Please. <laughs> mm. Sebastian, you got a hot take? Uh, I don't know. It's the same same thing kind of like what Jake was saying, you know, with Sebastian. He's just trying to survive and find his way through the galaxy. I, I think... He feels like that at the end of this, he might be able to travel back to his, his home time and planet. Okay. I think that's that's, that's, that's that's his thing. It's like, okay, something, some way, somehow, I can go back. So Okay. Yeah, I think, uh, I guess... Back to Echo. I guess if I can amend my, my hot take is I think that um, mm-hmm. if, given the, if given the opportunity to travel back in time, Percy would not do it. So if mm. Sebastian is going to go back, I think he's going to go back by himself, which Ooh, I'm a little yeah. bit worried about. Like, I'm sure we'll, this is <laughs> slightly spoilers. Like we'll if, when we get yeah, there, if that happens, but, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. I foresee some, some wild shit happening, but yeah. Mm. Yeah. Echo. Smoothie town <laughs> is Potentially the most marketable thing in the galaxy, but it requires new management and leadership <laughs> at the top to unhinge it and let it be what it's meant to be. There we go. And that's Echo's hot take. Uh, here would have been Victoria's hot take if she hadn't died. Uh, Spacey's. Uh, <laughs> Spacey's. Pretty good food. Spacey's. Hey. Moving on. Okay. Velocity, legendary listener Velocity added again, asks a question. And she asked, is there a universal calendar system? And when is your guys' character's birthday? Um, this yes. is actually spoilers that we know the answer to this. What? That we know. No, we... no, it's been referenced before. I think really? you guys just missed it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, someone had a certain trial on a certain date. Oh, um, yeah, he did. <laughs> yes, there are two universal calendars. Only one has been introduced in the game, and it's really not talked about much. But basically, there are nine months, each with 35 days, and each month is based off one of the different paths of Aeneanism. So we have Virtus, Unum, Omn, Ord, Baal, Posh, Domin, M, and Disc are the nine months of the mm. year. Um, there's also the elves have their own holy calendar. It's a seven-based system, seven months made up of seven weeks, uh, made up of seven days. It's a religious thing. That you guys don't know about yet, so hmm. there is interesting. Like interesting. <laughs> so I don't know when your guys' birthdays are. Would, That's up to you. Would Echo follow that question. that calendar, or is that only like a super elf calendar? 
It's a super elf god. Yeah, it's, it's tied directly. It's tied directly to the the emperor. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I mean that's something. And his six Shi'ar knights. There's seven of them. Yeah. It's, it's either it's either one of these two things or something we fucking made up when we started the homeworld. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would. It's up to you, but I would imagine that you guys would just kind of assimilate to the same calendar everyone else uses. Yeah. Because why make it? Why not? Yeah. yeah. We want to integrate with not. With everyone else. With not the space nonsense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fuck them. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Next question is actually one question for each of us, and it comes from Phasm. And the first question is for Jake. Oh. How much is Percy's newfound bloodlust a deliberate character choice on your part, and how much of it is for the moment decision? <laughs> newfound? <laughs> she seems more than happy to open a can of whoop-ass more and more ever since Carter betrayed them. Uh, yeah, um, I'm I'm the same way as Brian. Just I don't know if it's newfound. I feel uh, I I don't know if I talked uh, <laughs> I don't know if I talked about it in the last goose, but I've I know me and Brian have talked about it. But like with her being raised uh, out in the wild and by wild animals and having like to fend for herself for basically her entire life, um, she she I very much have like a survival of the fittest kind of mindset with her. So if somebody rolls up on her and like wants to kill her, obviously she's gonna kill it first. Uh so part of it is that. Part of it is her like just following like kind of like an instinctual uh survival kind of thing. And also part of it might just be, you know, me being uh, excited about being a level 12 druid and just wanting to open up a can of wolf ass. But I I did say after oh, yeah. Carter, uh, never again, even though I am a very trusting uh, person. Um, <laughs> I'm just always ready to open up the can of whoop ass. I mean, <laughs> it's that's always been. That's been a constant. Yeah. D&D's mechanics have, like, violence in mind. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, next question is for Josh. Um if you guys were to kill the Iron Legion guys who came after you, would Sebastian have given up the kills so that their souls didn't go to hell? Or would he kill them and realize what he's done afterward? How would that look in your opinion? Mm. So I think kind of touched on it a little bit already, yeah. but yeah, Sebastian does not want to send their souls to hell. I mean, that's he's already made that conscious decision. Like, hey, you know, I like I said, they're still kind of like his brethren, you know, even though... He's a he's a reject now of the Iron Legion. He still feels like <clears throat> he's a part of the Iron Legion, even though they may not feel the same way about him. Um, but I, I, I do feel like he's going to have to to choose a side eventually. You know, it's like he has these two paths. He's trying to walk at the same time, and it doesn't work that way. So mm-hmm. he he uh, he may have some difficult decisions in the future. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not sure exactly how that's going to play out. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, Brian. How did you come up with the accent for Echo? Do you miss any specific things about playing Carter? Okay, first question. Um, I don't know. There was a Yu-Gi-Oh tournament in Long Beach when I played. Um, <laughs> when I played in the pro circuit, and um, I was walking around. I, I had tapped out um, like around round five or six for the day. Probably like nine or ten rounds. You go down twice. You can kind of call it a wash after that. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I'm just gonna walk around and. Um, I did a Russian accent all day, and I got a bunch of people to believe it. And oh I was my like, god! Okay, well, <laughs> like, I guess this was real. Convincing enough. <laughs> and like, I that was like seven years ago, and so I've been just hanging on to that one, waiting for an opportunity to use it. <laughs> oh my god! I didn't know that. I didn't know this. Yeah. Yep. That's who I am. Welcome. Okay. Welcome. Uh, <laughs> do I miss any specific things about playing Carter? Um, 
Yeah, I think you you had mentioned that how good he was at like getting out of the fray. Oh yeah, um, that was cool, and like um, his badassery. Because mm. um, despite how evil he was, he didn't take no shit. Yeah, well, he's definitely he, badass. Well, he took shit. Like that was the thing. Because like when you're a warlock, you kind of got to take shit. But like, <laughs> if there was an opportunity where he did not have to take shit, he would not. You know, like right. for get personal gain. Right. Um, right. That's that was the character. So I missed that, like being able to push the envelope when it. Like the balance of my favor wasn't at risk. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. So that's why he wouldn't like cause trouble randomly. Like when we went to fight the freelancers on that cool sky bridge at the school, mm-hmm. I love that place. I uh, can't remember the name of it. The Athenium. The Athenium. Mm-hmm. Um, the visuals I had when we played there were so cool. That was my favorite. Um, like the Blood Gall tournament and like the craziness that happened. That whole arc was fun. My funnest experience with carter and then that specific episode where we fought the freelancers <laughs> i feel like that was like penultimate uh you know carter yeah. in the moment mm. it's good stuff mm. for sure so the final question is for me and they ask you've done a great job dming and i've learned a lot from you as i'm the dm of my group thank you very much i appreciate that how do you personally go about creating locations you mentioned in the previous super talk saga that you didn't expect them to go to zovra and you had to figure out that place quickly as a listener, I couldn't pick up on the fact that it was hastily made, and it's probably one of my favorite planets. Um, thank you for it's that. So too. funny how that happened. <laughs> oh, Zobra was such a, a, a pivotal moment. The whole campaign ended up being uh, Zobra. Mm-hmm. Um, so, believe it or not, most of the locations are pretty hastily made in this game. <laughs> um, one of the main things I do when I'm making a new location is I take the original trilogy of Star Wars approach, where um, I'm sure. It's pretty obvious, so most people listening probably have noticed, but for those of you who haven't, uh, the first three movies each have a different um, environment theme. Desert, ice world, forest. Mm -hmm. And in a subtle way, just that simple decision uh, of having these drastic contrasting changes makes the galaxy seem so much bigger than what you ever see in, uh, in the movies. And so whenever there's a new location... For the most part, one of the first things that I do is I, I tell myself, okay, it can't be anything like any of the others. It has to be a completely different feel, theme. I'll think of a color or in the case in, in the case of Zobra, my, my color was like a deep dark blue. Let me go mm-hmm. with a deep dark blue. Water, storm, lightning. We'll go with that. And, um, and yeah, I just build off that until I have some location that's just completely different from anything else that's been visited before. Neat. So, yeah. Okay, I got... I got... I didn't see the question that I wanted to answer on this. Oh, list. you didn't? And I found I thought it. I put it on here. I found it in the Discord. Yes. Though. So it's from Chemical. Yes. Again. <laughs> um, yeah, the most burning question that tops all others. <laughs> Do Echo and his people feel Splack's soul whenever he uses the Blade Song? <laughs> um, can let that one get by. Canonically, I would say it's a, just a different Blade Song. Yeah, they're using the. Um, <laughs> they're, oh, using, they're using the um, the Skag Blade Song. I'm yeah. using Natasha's one. There we go. <laughs> uh, so, like, okay, I'll, I'll, but I'll fess up. Like, that's an oversight on my end when I'm writing Echo. I'm like, this is unique. We made this. But, like, I fucking forgot that Splack's game <laughs> was Blade Singing. Yeah, yeah. And it, the flavor is totally different. Totally, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, fuck. You got me. <laughs> there's just multiple songs. Yeah, yeah, it's just a different. There's more, you know. There's more. They're in different in the keys, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't hear. I can't hear. Totally minor, different genres. I can't hear minor goblin keys. <laughs> I got elf ears. Absolutely. Actually, uh, fun fact about Echoes: he speaks goblin. 
So oh. I was expecting to run into those motherfuckers uh, at some point. But I mean, you might. We'll yeah. See. <laughs> we haven't yet. <laughs> Let's hope for Splat's well, you did. Sake. You were on a Goblin World we, in the Blood Gala arc. Right, but, yeah. like, we never, we haven't run across a Goblin ship or anything like that. You know, like, they're supposed to be out here, right? They are. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah. We'll see. FYI, I'll keep it in mind. That was the only thing I wanted to pull from the um, question sheet. I know we have one more on here. Final question. It's a big question. This comes from Genix, who asks, "Who's directing the movie version of your saga? Which actors would you love to see as your characters?" Now, Ooh, I don't know if you guys saw this question and have prepared much for it, but I done wrote the entire cast. No, just, <laughs> I do see it. <laughs> I do see so, it in there. <laughs> I can I'm go really first and disapp- let you guys think. I'm really or- disappointed that it's M. Night Shyamalan and he's also what? one of the characters. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, without further ado, let me go first and then yeah. you guys can chime in all you want. So, I thought about this long and hard and I want uh, this movie to be directed by Taika Waititi. Mm, yes. I think yes. he would bring the right action, sci-fi, and humor to mm-hmm. this ridiculous story that we've written together. <laughs> um and then I got to casting the characters, and it's got to be Jason Momoa as Sebastian. Like, oh, for yeah, sure. yeah. Absolutely. I can see that, for sure. I got Zoe Saldana as Victoria. Okay. I have Tom yeah. Hiddleston as Carter. Ooh. <laughs> I have Karen... Cillian Murphy? Oh, that would be I thought idea. about yeah, that, yeah. but... Tom Hiddleston's not bad. Yeah. I got Karen Gillan as Percy. Oh. I have Ellen Wong as Primina. Echo... I have Oscar Isaac as Echo. I'm not sure how... Happy I'm with that, but I, I'm relatively happy with that casting. Got to Google. You. And then Peter Dinklage is what? <laughs> yes. Side characters. I just, I cast it three real quick. Uh, Zaser Brain Knight, I have Michael Fassbender playing him. Ooh. Yeah. Um, Chris Hemsworth as Korak Ironhide, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and Hugo Weaving's voice is Nier Lothotep. That's cool. That's cool. So that's my casting and directing. I don't know if you guys got any ideas or changes or your own whole casting. I could see that. I could see that or um, freaking Willem Dafoe as the voice of Nier Lothotep. Yeah. That's a good pull. Uh, As far as the questions, uh, I thought I've been thinking about it all day. I have no idea. Uh, Directed, like, I mean, maybe a John Favreau. uh, he Ooh, gave me. Yeah. He yes. he breathed. He breathed new life into Star Wars for me. Um, yes, yes. He does good, good Marvel. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I would say, I would say maybe that. As far as Percy, I don't know. I was I was racking my brain. I I have no idea. That's a tough one because mm. like I don't have like a really good mental picture of like what she looks like in my head. Uh, <laughs> even though we have like character art and everything of it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. They would have to be have like a you know sunny disposition, but also be able to to whoop ass. Uh, so Karen Gillan, I mean it. It's solid. It is solid. Yeah. I need yeah. I need to yeah. I need to do some thinking though. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. Really, uh, I, Jason Momoa is awesome, man. I, I, I could definitely go <laughs> with that bad. one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, like, that's, that's awesome. The only other one I can think of is uh, Joe Magnanello. Ooh. He's a diehard D and D person, oh, you know. Yes, he's that's a, tall a great build choice. and stuff. I was like, oh, he'd be. Nah, I could see that spot that's too. I, think either, I like that. Either that's two really of those would be would be choice for Sebastian. Maybe um maybe a Tom Hardy for Sebastian. I, yeah, oh, I consider Tom too. Hardy as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian, be right. I'm just holding my tongue like until it's my turn. Yeah, it's yeah, your yeah. turn, man. Go, go, Brian. Um, I want it directed by Michael Bay, 
And you know what that means. <laughs> oh, no. I hate this movie already. <laughs> explosions. Explosions. Every explosion is a good one. Lens it's flares. Meaningful. Lens flares. <laughs> like, yeah. If somehow Michael Bay approached us and said, I want to do your guys' show, I'm, I would have to say no. I hate that guy and what he does oh. so much. But c- continue. I, th- I, I don't have a good pick for directors, so I just wanted to go with something <laughs> iconic yeah. Yeah, with yeah, Michael yeah. Bay. Um, I don't know. I, like, Why not The Rock for Sebastian? I considered that, yeah. The Rock or, um, or Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting up there in age. That's true. Well, whatever. He's going to be CGI'd as an orcman. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Fair. Yeah. Fair, fair. Um, Victoria. Okay. Well, I've always had Cillian Murphy in mind for Carter because like, like, where I grab the persona the from, like the physical face part, anyway. And Spike Spiegel, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but Spike Spiegel has no personality traits in line with Carter. I feel yeah. like um, Victoria, though. Um, I don't know. I was happy when my Zoe sold down. Yeah, I could see, I could see that. For sure, I could definitely see that. Uh, who would I want to play Echo? See, that's not a. I, don't, I didn't really have like. Echo's like a mashup of anime characters <laughs> <laughs> and like Capcom characters. There's like a bunch of those physical aesthetics combined. Literally, yeah. like my notes to the artist are so whack. They're like. This guy's hair, this dude's face, uh, this guy's weapon, the way this dude is standing, um, do this with the ponytail in the back or whatever. Like, fucking... <laughs> it's, it's just, like, I can't think of a person when I think of Echo. Like, Echo's kind of come into their own as mm-hmm. one of my characters. So it feels natural now. Um, you know, it took a whole hell arc to get there. And then the episode we came back from that is when I felt like I was like okay I'm settled in like I know how this guy works mm. what though <laughs> like some of these are hard because I really like what we're doing here mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I like, don't want to see them redone right right yeah I don't know I'm, I didn't think I'm not the right guy to kind of like stat all these ones out but I think a Michael Bay flick would be like, <laughs> God, <laughs> God no. what about a, a Joseph Gordon Lovett for Echo Ah. I'm okay, into that's that. Cool. I'm really into that. Yeah. Like is, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I I picture Echo has like, you know, uh, dark colored skin though. I would want to like oh, be. Yeah. I'm a believer that we should probably cast, you know, in line with that. It's true. Um, I mean, he gets a pretty heavy tan going. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know. I I do like JGL though. I'm a big fan. Yeah. <laughs> um, who's Ellen Wong? See, she played um, Knives Chow in uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Uh, oh, right on. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Oh, well, she, that's was cool. She, in, uh, she had like a bowl cut in that one, huh? She cuts it to bit that, yeah. For, yeah, she that's cuts right. it and dies yeah, it. After and she, she gets all mad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was in a few other things I, I'm struggling to remember right now. I had a, I had a Scott Pilgrim vs. the World song on Echo's playlist uh, <laughs> that I actually just bumped off. From the game? No, from the movie. It's oh, from We Are Sex Bob Bomb. <laughs> oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Pe- uh, Beck wrote it. Yeah, I love that song. And the bass is super slappy yes, and it distorted. <laughs> yes. And I was like, this doesn't fit this character That's, at yeah, all. It's not very Echo, no. Yeah. No, no, I took but it off. I love, Beck did a lot of songs for the movie and he, he does a great job. Yeah. I don't even like Beck usually, but I like everything yeah, for that I, movie. I was like, Beck wrote the song and it's really good. And then I like went to go listen to Beck and I was like, what the fuck is Beck? <laughs> <laughs> what actually is Beck? I don't, like, I know he's so pivotal, like Trent Reznor style in the music oh. industry, but like, I don't get it. Yeah, I'm not a Beck person myself. Right. I, don't, I don't get you it. You guys either. got any more castings you want to throw out there? Oh, man, I'm trying to think about Percy. Like my mind went to uh 
to Zoe Deschanel, but I don't think that she could do like a. She's too sweet. Like she's too much sunshine. That's why I went with Karen Gilling because like, like she could be sweet like yeah. that, but she we've seen her do Nebula, so she could be a badass too. That's very true. I was thinking we should cast somebody with arms, like uh, <laughs> like a wrestler. For you know, person, oh, like female, oh, I see what you mean. Like okay, a female yeah, wrestler yeah. would be a good pick. I, think. I would imagine that whoever plays Percy's gonna be heavily CGI'd to be buff. To I always be tall Percy as and like fuzzy and yeah, I mean Percy is a little buff. Yeah. What's your not strength, super Percy? Buff. Yeah, not just like yeah, a big ant, a big strong, <laughs> big strong cow person. What are you? <laughs> Who knows? Fear bulk. Yeah, fur bulk. Yeah, it's tough. All right. Well. With that being said, let us know in the comments oh, yes. uh, what you would cast for all our curious. characters. I'm very curious yeah. to see what the uh, consensus is out there. Yeah, and, and what you think of this episode. And like, Yeah. Do you guys want more Super Talks? I hope so, because I like doing them. We're going to do like two more, probably, right? Yeah. Two or three more? Two or three more. Cool. Yeah, because we'll, we'll do one at four. the very... We'll definitely have a postpartum oh, yeah. like, episode where we Campaign talk. wrap up. Yeah, mm-hmm. campaign Absolutely. wrap up. That's on its way. It's not that far. <laughs> yeah, it'll be here before you know it. How many months do you think we got? Barring um, any unexpected hiccups like well, coronavirus. Just, you need so we have one, two, three more arcs, two more uh, interludes, <laughs> and an epilogue probably. Like, like how many months you think? Let me see. That's well, we've recorded one. So seven, eight times two is 16, plus three is 19, plus seven is 26, plus one. 27 more episodes. Another year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. It'll be... And that's done. not including Super Talk Saugus, which adds another... True. If we do two, three more of those. Yeah. It'll be done before you know it, though. Yeah. It will. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> that being said, if you like this show, if you like what we do here, please like, comment, and subscribe. Please leave us an iTunes review. It helps us so much. And uh, until then, we will see you guys next time. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Bye, Bye everybody. Bye-bye.